Welcome to the Defenders Podcast, the fan podcast for the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. I'm Mel. I'm Matt. And I'm Robin. Woo! It's the finale of Daredevil. Oh my god, that was. Why did you laugh like Yeah, what the hell? It's just I thought that like Pennywise the sort of... clown had snuck onto our podcast. I, was like... <laughs> <laughs> I nearly pissed my pants. <laughs> oh, oh dear! With that frightening start to the podcast, <laughs> um, I can say our special guest for this week is the ravishing Rebecca. Good morning. Hi. Thank you. Very nice. That's very complimentary. Thank you. <laughs> I should say our resident Iron Fist expert, Rebecca. There you go. There you go. That's that's. I I would say that's false advertising, but it's possibly not. <laughs> uh, I could also say Daredevil is my crack, and Rebecca is my dealer. <laughs> oh, I remember when I was Claire's dealer. <laughs> oh, you never I'm dealt sorry. me Daredevil. You dealt me Pennywise the Clown twice now. Uh, I actually that. have a Facebook status. It comes up in my memories every year that says. Claire, Claire says Daredevil's my crack and Robin's my dealer he goes oh yeah that's words. true that's, yeah well that's sending me um, comics from your yeah. uncle yeah <laughs> it's a good thing too yeah yes, we're talking about the three little Daredevil things I have hijacked three, oh three little Daredevils would be the best best yeah. fairy tale ever <laughs> <laughs> one built a house of sticks yeah. the Daredevil in the cupboard <laughs> Yes, yeah. <laughs> the Daredevil under the bed. So, <laughs> speaking of Daredevil, it's season finale of season two, guys. Are you sad? I'm worried. Matt, I hope you have a bowl under you to catch your tears so you can sell them to gypsies later. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's ready <laughs> in case I get emotional, but we'll see. <laughs> I'm sad about the, hanging, the, the threads that are still just hanging out there, never to be answered. <laughs> Besides that... <laughs> I had a good time. Oh, Robin. Robin, you're so bitter already. Look. You're like <laughs> one thing. Calm down, Robin. Calm down. Hey, you don't like you kick me off the podcast. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm flexing my, my, my knuckles right now. Uh, so, Rebecca, um, you are our, one of our previous guests, and you have seen all of Daredevil. Have you not? Oh, I hope everyone has. We well, have now, anyway, because yeah, we're on, yeah. Yeah, on the finale. <laughs> I, I, I did a binge watch, which was uh, a little bit more delayed than yours. Uh, yes. So I sort of started it just after lunchtime and then watched it all the way through. Oh, gosh. I thought you were, like, talking about today. <laughs> like, what? No. <laughs> That's really delayed. <laughs> <laughs> that would be quite You didn't start till lunchtime well, today? 24 <laughs> o'clock for us. That would be, like, really, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> The time. <laughs> I went. I ran to my sister's for a change because I made her come here for Jessica Jones. So nice. we didn't quite start with my regimented campaign of PM. Even though you have, obviously have to cook pizza for Luke Cage, yes. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you cook for Iron Fist? This is the big question. He's getting a cake. He's getting a cake. <laughs> Fair enough. He deserves Luke it. Luke Cage is getting a Christmas so. dinner. So. <laughs> As we've done, you all have to wear tiaras. Yes, we do. Although, actually, saying about, because we're about to go into the news, you um, sent me a random fact about the origin of Luke Cage's tiara this week. Um, which, I did. Uh, uh, do you want to repeat what you it. said? Yeah. I've just gone back to start reading. I'd, I'd, I'd mostly read Luke Cage through Power Man and Iron Fist. So because of the TV and everything, I thought, it's time to go. Start with Hero for Hire. Let's go. And... Um, 
Yes, he gets his costume and he calls it a headband, not a tiara, which uh, obviously is wrong. And, um, <laughs> and then his costume is from an escapologist. He gets it from a costume shop and it used to be an escapologist, which he thinks is nice and symbolic. And the chain around his waist is also supposed to represent his time in prison. So actually, it's it's a lot more significant than I thought. I thought it was just a kind of yeah, jeans and white and yellow shirt and tiara and tiara. But yes, <laughs> he's he's talking about his hair growing long. He's like, oh, I'll put a headband for when my hair grows a bit longer. So um, you know, it was, it was that was that was the first thing that I was like, oh, that's nice. They actually thought about why he's wearing all that. I'd never considered why he was wearing all that stuff, but there is an origin. I'm just going to say a headband is what the kids wore in Fame. Not what Luke Cage is wearing in those comics. That is what someone wears. That's what Queen Elsa wore to her coronation. That's right. Frozen. There's not a headband. Uh, We're with you on this. Anyway. Luke Luke Cage is invincible, not immortal. Because if he was wearing a headband like the kids in fame, he's going to live forever. (laughs) Maybe Nobu should... He's going to learn how to fly. Hi! Maybe Nobu should get a a headband, a metallic headband. Because he is the immortal Iron Fist. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Okay, anyway, in other news, um, it has, uh, Stan Lee has confirmed that his favourite superhero film of all time is Spider-Man. I think anyone's really shocked at that. (laughs) It was like, yep, okay. Um, At least pick Spider-Man (laughs) 2. I know, he said Spider-Man, I don't know. I bet he's never, I I bet he's never seen Spider-Man 2. He's in all of them, isn't he? Yeah, he's I got in, a problem with Alfred Molina. That doesn't mean he's seen it. True. I bet he. I bet he sees the first new big movie in a franchise, and then he leaves it at that. I'm too busy for this stuff. Eh, I don't give a shit. I can't remember what he's coming. Like, like I, like I don't know the ending to this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. why? Why are we making him sound like William Defoe's Green Goblin? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome. what we see Stanley. Isn't that who they based? Yeah, isn't that who they based the Green Goblin off of? <laughs> yes, I guess so. <laughs> um, I wouldn't be surprised. There have been photos um, surfacing of the filming of Wolverine Three, and there's been a character breakdown released that hints at the possible inclusion in that movie of a character called X Twenty Three. Now, I know that Mel knows nothing about what I'm talking about, so I'm going to explain a bit more. Okay, Mel? Uh, whatever. <laughs> So, obviously, Hugh Jackman's getting a bit long in the old saber-tooth. And in the pants. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's a bit... Um, Hugh Jackman's getting a bit a bit old to play Wolverine forever, so he said he's he's only going to do, I think, one more movie now, one or two. Um, so, they could possibly replace the character of Wolverine by getting the character of X-23 into the films rather than get a new actor to play Wolverine. And X-23 is Laura Kinney, who is a female clone of wolverine so she has all the powers i believe of wolverine rebecca but instead of having three claws in her hand she has two and she has a little toe claw that comes out of each yeah, foot she has foot, foot ones that everyone keeps foot, foot claws yeah so that's a possibility that might be happening in the next wolverine film just that they next to that <laughs> yeah true Jesus. Actually, she when people have long on. nails on their toes. There, there's, <laughs> there's one other there's one other difference is that she doesn't have a adamantium skeleton Oh, yeah, and, that's true. Yeah. And therefore, her healing factor is more effective than Wolverine's because Wolverine's healing factor always has to account for, like, trying to keep him alive while the adamantium inside is, you know, kind of, kind of a little bit killing him, kind of, 
but it, he can handle it. But it just weakens his uh, his healing factor. It's not as good as it could be. How is your uh, side sideburn game? Her, no, side, <laughs> yeah. no sideburns. No sideburns. Come on. She's, she's very cool. It's not though. even Wolverine. If she is a clone of Wolverine, she should at least have like a hairy chest or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but obviously she's, she short? she's female, no, she's so not... something. It's not a perfect clone. She's sure. not that. Sh- she's not that short either. I don't know. She's about no, regular. Size. I thought she was quite short. Oh, was she? I thought she was just regular. I think. Yeah, I think she's short. I'm not. Don't. Well, I thought. That, that. I thought that was due to her just being a teenager, but. <laughs> being, a little, <laughs> being a child. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see if she ends up being X twenty three. But I think that would be cool. I think people would be very upset if they recast <laughs> Hugh Jackman or recast Wolverine. Um, have, they, have the old school Ghostbusters fans found out about this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to mess with What are they trying to do? <laughs> yeah, well, there was an article the other day that said if Chris Hemsworth decided to leave the Thor movies, they could have the female Thor replace Thor, like like female Thor appeared in the comics. And I was thinking about the new Ghostbusters and how people would just lose their <laughs> shit. Exactly. You know, bring in America Chavez instead of Captain America. Just they're all female. Female Loki. Ruining our childhood. She helped. Yeah. Have female Loki as well. Yeah, female Loki. Yeah, female Hawkeye. Get Kate Bishop. Yeah, yeah. We can we can switch them around. So Sharon Stone. Anyway, has the the lesson is. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I I, I had one more. I I had one more quip. Okay, go on, go on with your quip. I'll let you have one more, Robin. But no, no others in this episode. They, uh, okay. They, uh, they, they can't make the X Men movies any worse. Am I right? Uh, they can because they did uh, the Last Stand, and it was terrible. Last Stand's yep. better than Apocalypse. No, no, Robin. No. Yep. Nope. 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 <laughs> no matter how many times you say no, you're still going to be wrong about this. Um, okay. Fair enough. Uh, I win! We'll agree to disagree. We'll duke it out on a rooftop later, ninja stuff. <laughs> Just going to say, only one of us has a sword hanging on the wall above them, and it ain't you, Robin. All right? I got one. Never mind. <laughs> uh, so Sharon Stone has apparently confirmed. If she's, she's due to be in a Marvel film, uh, an upcoming Marvel film. She hasn't said what it is, but she keeps like dropping little hints, and it's like Sharon Stone. Like, I know you're excited, but stop. Like, I, I don't think Marvel wants you to keep dropping these hints. Uh-huh. So she has said that she's going to be in an upcoming Marvel movie, and now she's confirmed that she will have heat powers. Heat. But, so she yeah. is. What's what's the? Somebody thinks she's going to be Firestar. You know, Firestar, from Spider Man. Yeah. yeah. Or who else has heat powers? Magma. Fire. Yeah, yeah, but she's an X Man, so she X Man franchise. True. Oh, it's X Men. Um, she is Dazzler. That's not a fire. Well, Dazzler was cut out of of Apocalypse, so there was a little cameo of Dazzler in Apocalypse that was um in the deleted scenes. Doesn't she have a big um a big fiery collar? Who? What? Does who? Uh, Dormammu's sister. Oh yeah. That would be cool if she was Dumamu's sister. Just dropping that. I, I mean, I wouldn't call that heat powers, but... Mm. Maybe she's going to be the next Ghost Rider. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> she's replaced Nicolas Cage. Anyway, that is our news for the week, unless, anyone, unless anyone's spotted any other little juicy bits that I've missed. 
Nope. I yep. typed in um, Fire X Men into Google and I got got a Fire X erectile enhancement formula. So I'll be <laughs> looking at that website while we're talking. <laughs> Maybe she's going to be like a super powered version of like Donald Trump or Alan Sugar on the like on The Apprentice, just going "You're fired." And that's what she means by firepower. She can fire people. What about that? Okay. Anyway, let's get on with the episode. <laughs> so this week we're talking about the season two finale, um, episode 13, A Cold Day in Hell's Kitchen, written by uh, Doug Petrie and Marco Ramirez, the showrunners for season two, directed by returning director Peter Hall. So we begin this episode with a close-up of um, the Nobu cookie jar of blood sarcophagus thing, which is in Nobu's lair as Nobu is gently petting it. And then his assistant, whose name is Tyler, which is the woman with the red hair, uh, tells him it's that... Tyra? Tyler. Like Tyler, Tyler Durden. Yeah. That's what it says on IMDb. So she doesn't exist. I don't think so. <laughs> I think she's all in Nobu's mind. I, I also have red hair. I don't <laughs> exist either. Uh, <laughs> and she tells him that they have obtained 20 targets in New York and Daredevil's the only thing that stands in their way. Do you have any Easter eggs about this, Tyler? No, nothing. I can't find anything. Damn. No. Damn. She's just a mysterious redhead. Maybe she'll turn into Typhoid Mary, and that's why it's Tyler. Hmm. But I doubt it. That is weird how she just came out of nowhere. Yeah, she just appears and is like, hello. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of like her, though, because I like that she's often bored um, in stuff. Like when, you know, when the police turn up later, she's just kind of like, oh, shit. <laughs> and it just made me laugh the way she said it. <laughs> So, yeah, we don't, um, yeah, we can't seem to find anything. Uh, there's a mechanic, um, S.H.I.E.L.D. agent that appeared in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. called Tyler. That's about it. <laughs> so I don't think that's her. <laughs> um, so meanwhile, Matt has tied stick up in his living room. And they're saying that they know the hand will come for Electra. But Matt is working on a plan. We guys sad that stick might be tied up for the entire episode. Oh, I knew he wouldn't be. Yeah, I think I don't think I ever thought he was at risk of being tied up forever. <laughs> I was cracking up at the scenario that Scott Glenn and uh, Charlie Cox have to do, where they're just like freaking like just two blind guys arguing in each other's faces, but yet they can't have eye contact. <laughs> they must have like laughed so many times. Just yeah. you can't I, I, see my yeah, you can't see my eyes right now, but believe me, I'm looking at you intensely. <laughs> I bet they like accidentally caught each other's eye so many times and just laughed. Yeah, yeah. It must There's be so a hard. Of takes where Charlie is definitely looking directly at <laughs> Scott Glenn. He does a lot more of the looking directly at people though. Like Scott Glenn tends to look upwards. I noticed. Like he looks. He doesn't try and do eye contact as much with other people. But maybe that's because mm. like fits the character. Like he's he was born blind. Maybe I don't know. Like it's an acting choice, but. Yeah, they must like they must have giggled a few times. I like to think. Uh, Electra is standing on the edge of a building watching the city, and then she um, is telling Matt to leave her alone. But then they decide that they want to dethrone. Well, he, Matt wants to dethrone and arrest Nobu um, because killing him would make him a martyr. Whereas um, uh, Electra is kind of all down for killing him because she believes he's the head of the snake. Mm. He's always on about that. I can't kill him. <laughs> well, he, he pretty much kills Nobu later. I mean, that would have killed him. 
Mm-hmm. Like throwing him over the edge of that building. Uh, clearly that wasn't him doing it, that was gravity. Oh, gravity's <laughs> a bad, bad Gravity person. kills people, Daredevil doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I want that on the t shirt. (laughs) (laughs) I love how a lot of this episode takes place on rooftops. So so A lot of the entire series takes place on rooftops. Yeah. There was a lot of rooftop action. For people who can't see, that's not necessarily safe. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, then we get the credits and after that. Uh, Foggy is meeting with um, a certain lady uh, in a fancy pants restaurant who is Foggy to join uh, her law firm. Uh, Were you guys happy at this? Because I wasn't expecting this, so I was doing a bit of cheering. I was surprised. It was a neat cameo. I had a little applause in me. I know so many people people who it's going to pass right over their head, though, because they didn't watch Jessica Jones. I kind of wish that, like, yeah. Carrie Ann Moss had some of the scars from the cuts she got in Jessica Jones, because she definitely got oh, cut yeah. on the face and the arms. Mm. And I thought that would be cool, because if people, like, if people were watching Daredevil and they hadn't watched Jessica Jones, like, there might be some people who are like, oh, that's, that's Carrie Ann Moss. That's weird that she was in this one tiny little scene. But I thought it would be cool if she had some of the scars. So even if they didn't know who she was, it would be, it would make you intrigued in that character as to, you know, what's happened to this this lawyer. I don't know, it seemed weird they didn't include them. Mm. Yeah, I was immediately a little bit suspicious, you know, on what her angle is. She's offering a partnership to Foggy. Like, yeah. <laughs> and and I'm sorry, that the opening statement of, of that Punisher trial that he com- completely lost and <laughs> it fell out of his hands isn't, wasn't nearly good enough to be like, you you must have a partnership in my, my law firm. Yeah, so she's that. obviously... Yeah. Trying to get something out of it. Well, she does say that she needs someone like him for cases for people uh, dealing with people with complexities, and he kind of guesses it's vigilantes, which is kind of strange because at this point, as far as we know, she only knows about Jessica Jones. She doesn't represent any of the Avengers. Um, she would know about Daredevil, but she's never interacted well, he's with Daredevil. In the paper. No, no, no. She would know about Daredevil, but she's not interacted oh. with Daredevil. Um, Unless this is taking, like, unless the Iron Fist series takes place before this, and because we know she's going to be an Iron Fist. Um, but maybe that's part of the reason, maybe we'll find out in the Iron Fist series as to why she's trying to get him on board so much. I don't think Iron Fist will take place before this, because I would like to see Jerry be slightly softer once she's uh, met Danny. Oh, Just saying. Um, well, um, Robin and I were theorizing yesterday that now Jerry and Foggy and Marcy are all going to be working together, and we know that Jerry likes younger women. Maybe it's going to be Jerry and yeah. Marcy. Oh, a love triangle. Mm. Mm. Poor Foggy. Doesn't stand a <laughs> chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mar- Jerry will eat him alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, do you want to mention the website as well you, um, that you found, Robin, while we're talking about Marcy? Because it also relates to the oh, opening gosh. statement of the Punisher trial. It's quite funny. I, uh, I don't know what the website. I, I'll post it, it on. I'll post it on Facebook. It was this amazing website though um, that did like law cases that is, uh, it's at the Legal Geeks, thelegalgeeks.com, mm-hmm. and uh, the. Uh, article i found you you looked into more articles but it was all about um whether or not uh marcy could get away with turning over evidence from landman and zach 
into this case against the kingpin or if it was ethical or whatever. Um, so, because yeah. really, that that usually means like instant being instantly disbarred. So, um, yeah. but they talked about it. But there is another one that's that's entitled something like "Why Foggy and Matt are the worst lawyers ever." <laughs> it's something like that. <laughs> and then another one is all about the. Um, like if the, if this lawyer that's writing the post had done the the opening statement for the Punisher, like what he would have said, um, I didn't yeah. only had like a very quick read of it, but they're pretty cool. I'll um, there's a whole section on yeah. Daredevil, so I'll I'll post the, the link up on the Facebook group uh, and on yeah, Twitter. Apparently they have a podcast, so I, I might have to subscribe to this. Check yeah. it out. So yeah, uh, if you're listening, cool. legal geeks or legal geeks fans, uh, um, um, hi. <laughs> <laughs> we like your stuff. <laughs> we like your stuff. Yeah. Potentially. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, so Foggy is uh, going to go and work for Hogarth, Chow, and Benowitz. Um, meanwhile, Karen is busy at work in Ben's office working on her story, which is a blank page. And we find out that it's now Christmas. Um, I wrote in my notes yeah. because obviously we get a funeral at the end of this episode. People only in this in the Netflix Marvel universe, people only die at Christmas <laughs> or in the winter because. All yeah. the shows seem to start like in the or Daredevil always starts in the summer, um, as this season did as well. And then by the end, it's near Christmas and someone's dead, and there's like a snowy graveyard. That people Jolly, it's a jolly time for murder. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, for the see. criminals, it's like a present to themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, my present to myself is I get to kill you today. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> wow. Um, Karen's put up some Christmas lights as well in the office, so I think she's kind of there to stay, I guess. Um, in the next scene, possibly my favourite scene of the episode, we get Melvin, and I love him so much. He's great. Um, yeah. What, wait, what do you think, wait. guys? I know you were excited about this scene, Robin, weren't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, well, the thing is, it's like, I re- we we didn't get any further into Melvin's story this season. I was hoping we'd get we get to at least meet Betsy. Like nothing. We just we, he's just there at the beginning of the uh, season and at the end of the season, handing over cool stuff. Well, he's like Turk. What he hands over is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're we're gonna meet Betsy like until unless they decide to delve into like uh, Melvin becoming the gladiator. Like well, they should. Dangling people. threads from season one should yeah. have been answered in season two. But you've got to have some dangling threads left. I don't want any more dangling <laughs> Tie it up. This guy can't just keep coming back in and doing nice things for Daredevil with, like, no... I know that he says, like, I know you're doing good things. But, I mean, we need to see him do something directly for him for me to believe that he's going to keep going out of his way for Daredevil. Oh, but he's adorable. He's because he helped yeah. Betsy. Like the like, you know, Melvin loves him. Uh-huh. Yeah, n- nobody's saying like less Melvin. <laughs> we want more Melvin. <laughs> I love him. I think he. I love every scene he's in. I'm just like, oh, and he's like so proud of his awesome Billy Club that he makes Daredevil, which mm-hmm. my, oh my god, one of my favorite moments in the entire season because this is it. He makes him. Like a, he makes him a Christmas present, oh! And it's an actual Billy Club that shoots and has a grappling hook, and oh, it's freaking awesome! I forgot. Yeah, that's that's what Daredevil's known to have usually, which I never understood how it works as a grappling hook, and you can detach it from whatever. Uh, no idea. Oh. <laughs> well, this one in the it's comics amazing. had like a hook because it was like a walking cane almost. Even I, still, the hook. Like, how, to... like in order to get it off, you'd have to get up there and. 
because it, it like I think it presses a button and it turns straight instead of hooked. I don't know how that works. There you go. There you but go. this one you would I mean I no idea. I think we have to get Mythbusters on this. <laughs> no, I'm I'm okay to accept that. I just want that grapple hook on the show. I want to see Daredevil swinging from buildings, goddamn <laughs> Sometimes they really stretch yeah. that thing, what that thing can do, though. He can basically okay. do everything Spider-Man can do. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much as it. He was he... created, you know, you know it, it, he's, it, he's one of those characters that, it, I mean, in the comics, some writers really write him as being almost like Spider-Man. You see him in Spider-Man, like, swinging through the city. Some writers write him closer to, like, the, the sort of parkour side we've seen. But I think now that he's got that cane, if they did um, Defender, you know, with the Defender series or Daredevil season three, I think there'll probably be a lot more of him being aerial. They almost they almost take as many liberties with it as the DC writers do with the uh, when they let Catwoman's whip be like a substitute for the the uh, grappling gun. That Batman <laughs> <has>. <laughs> it's a magic whip. Yeah. I love when Melvin like detaches it in the middle. He says, "Or a uh, close quarter combat." And I was waiting for Matt to do the classic Affleck like nunchucks behind the head. <laughs> <laughs> he Instead, he does, a, he does, does a little spinny in his later. hand. Yeah, there's an Affleck quote oh, later that, that Charlie Cox says. Yeah, he oh, says, "I got work to do," and I was like, "Oh my god, that's from the movie!" Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. But I think this is adorable, and I like that that Matt takes his glove off to feel it because obviously. When, like, Melvin opens the box, Daredevil hasn't got any clue what it is. So he's like, oh, what is it? And then he takes his glove off so he can feel it and stuff. I was like, oh. And Electra wants one as well. Yeah. But she's got her size. So, in the next scene, um, Robin was worried that we wouldn't get any Punisher in the final episode. But we see Frank going back to his house and looks at the paper. Do you like this, the, the, the fact that he gets... It, I mean, we, we talked about it earlier in the season that he gets the idea for the white skull from that picture in the the uh, the X-ray. Mm-hmm. But the, obviously here, he now thinks that everyone thinks he's, de- he's dead. Yeah. So he actually takes on this persona of the Punisher. Like he said in the previous episode, you want me to be the Punisher, I'll be the Punisher. Yeah. You were wondering, Matt, where the, who put that newspaper on the table? Yeah. <laughs> I think it was put through the letterbox, and he picked it up as he went in. Yeah, but, but why is the paper still delivered there? Like, there no, no. should have been piles and piles of newspapers <laughs> there. There was just, like, a little bit, little tiny Well, pile. I guess we just didn't... I was I was confused. I was like, there's a newspaper, a recent newspaper, waiting for him to be read on his table. Who put that there? And I guess it must have been him. We just didn't see it. He must he have did. put it there and then read it after. It might have been in that pile of mail in front of his door also this looked exactly like jessica jones's house like the <laughs> the um dining room tables in the same sort of area and it you looks know the... that you know that jessica and frank are related matt yeah. <laughs> nope how are they related <laughs> oh the jones the, the castle cousins. bloodline goes yeah, back the, jo- the jones generations. castle family <laughs> <laughs> i, don't know, uh, I love that uh in this scene i was like yeah it looks like we're not going to find out any more about whatever the fuck his whole case was about. I guess it was all just resolved with no resolution in the previous episode. Well, we know that there's a from later. We know that there's um, he gets that disc and it's it's yeah. hidden in the, the frame um, of his army buddies. So I'm guessing maybe that's something to do with some of the the you know when they were talking about his his past that might reveal it but they're saving that for if they do 
the dead uh, the Punisher series. I don't mind that they've they've left stuff open. It... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Come that on. That, I mean, down, be... that, that that noise you just made, it would be a humph. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, I mean, the whole the way things left in the last episode, it was like you know, Clancy Brown even says something like, "Oh, you know the, the you know the whole thing that uh, that whole drug deal is set up or whatever. It, it obviously, it wasn't just a just about a drug deal. It, you know, it has something to do about Kandahar and and uh, and then what? Nothing. Like we have no. We're not going to find out about anything. So I guess it's it's just suffering from Iron Man twoitis. We want to come to talk to you about the, the Avengers. We'll we'll talk about it in the Avengers though. I think they're saving it for the Punisher series because otherwise the, the ongoing Punisher story of him getting vengeance, you know, for his family's death, that's all solved here. So you want something else that's ongoing that's like a a dangling thread, you know. I didn't get it. I mean, we didn't find out what was behind it. We didn't find out No, we found out who was, was behind about. it. We found out who was behind it. Which is what, what matters to Frank, because he just wanted vengeance. He just wanted to kill whoever killed his family. All right. <laughs> guess that's good. What's good for Frank is good for us, I guess. <laughs> I've been sulking right now. <laughs> so, I mean, this, this season really is like the Punisher's origin story. Like, he doesn't become the Punisher, I don't think, until this moment when he fires up the police scanners again and sprays the skull on the, on the bulletproof vest. Yeah, I and think they, before that it's a very personal thing he's doing. Yeah. And then when he takes on the I'm going to wear the kind of costume, in inverted commas, it became a more maybe I could go and do this more generally. Maybe I just yeah. like killing. Yeah, exactly. And it's and it's almost like at the end when he goes and like shoots the ninjas on the rooftop, that's like his, he kind of just goes to, it's sort of like his goodbye to Daredevil, you know as the only other kind of superpower guy, this sort of, uh, you know, this sort of foe, but sort of friend that he has, it's kind of like, oh yeah, and when he says, like, I'll see you around, it's yeah. kind of like, you know, I like that. I think it's him making the choice that this is what he's he's going to do now. Mm-hmm. Makes me want to, like, just start launching into my other, like, dangling threads. I, I'll wait till the end of the episode, I'm sorry. It's all right. Uh, so... Electra gives Stick some food while he's tied up, and he tells her... Sandwich, I'm sorry. (laughs) I didn't see it. Why? Why was it gross? I don't know. It looks like bologna and Kraft Singles or something. (laughs) She's not going to give him the best sandwich, is she? I mean, he tried to kill her. This is inhuman torture. I wouldn't be surprised if there was ketchup in there, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, ketchup. Or it was like ketchup. And Marmite with... (laughs) Marmite's great, but they mix the Marmite with butter, which is a crime in my opinion. (laughs) You don't like Marmite? Marmite, no, I love Marmite, but you have Marmite straight. You don't put butter with it. No, with butter it's good. Oh, oh, no! I don't think I can ever talk to any of you again. (laughs) At least I like Marmite. Most people don't. (laughs) Yeah, it's probably me you should have the problem with. (laughs) (laughs) Marmite is the best. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see the gross sandwich. I'm gonna have to look at it now. Yeah, you should. Uh, it's disgusting, in my opinion. <laughs> I like the idea that she was like rummaging through the kitchen, like going, "Okay, what's the grossest stuff I can find for this asshole?" <laughs> I'm making a sandwich. It's not gonna be a nice sandwich. <laughs> Do you think she spit in the sandwich? Oh yeah. 
I mean, I don't think Stick would care about that, really, but that would be funny. Well, he can't see it anyways. <laughs> he can sure taste it. <laughs> He'd be like, this tastes like the, the backwash of a... Of a, of a <laughs> black sky. French, French Cantonese. This, this yeah. tastes like black sky saliva. <laughs> it's an acquired taste. Oh, So, Foggy calls up and says that he needs... Uh, Matt's help because Brett got beaten up and these guys who we find out ninjas stole the files on Daredevil and Matt's like oh, I was about to go kick the ninja's ass but okay I guess I'll come I'll go and see Brett and, they, <laughs> and he mentions that they have his mother and Daredevil's like yeah whatever <laughs> he doesn't even do anything about it <laughs> like, oh, I hope they're giving her enough cigars <laughs> yeah yeah Daredevil's literally like oh they got your mum I don't care I don't know Hey, I don't have a mom. Whatever. <laughs> I love that Foggy. Foggy says, uh, "says You better be right down here." And he's like, "Yeah, I'll be down." He's like, "You better be." And then, and then he shows up at Dare, as Daredevil in the back door. He doesn't even meet Foggy. <laughs> so Foggy apparently is standing in the police station, like that asshole. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I love, I love uh, authoritative, authoritative Foggy, sassy Foggy. There we go. I love it. Like this season. I'm like, yeah, think, yeah he's, he's been pretty, pretty impressive to me this season. He's better. He's the best. I think I he's think like. Alden Henson he's so good. Has what? had a thankless job this season. Why? So, because he's just been like, oh, I get to argue with Matt for the whole whole season again. Yay! But he's actually <laughs> had an arc. He's had a character arc, Robin. What's the arc? Confident. He started off like basically. Like, since he's found out that Matt is Daredevil, he has, I think he's grown from that and become much more confident in himself and that he doesn't need Matt. He can be just as awesome on his own working within the law. I guess. I guess that's what everybody keeps saying to Foggy, so we're supposed to just be like, all right, that was the arc. <laughs> I, I like the beginning of the ep- the show where he was, like, worried about Matt and helping Matt out and, you know, in the action rather than being just pissed off and standing off and... Uh, in some other scene with other people, the the, the rest of the season, it just, just kind of sucked. <laughs> I don't know. I think if they if they tried to do more with like the Foggy and Matt thing in the finale, I mean this finale is like packed as it is, and I think if they yeah. put more stuff about the Punishers, uh, like trying to tie up the Punisher story and develop Matt and Foggy more, I don't think it would have fit in. I even think like the stuff with um, Matt and Electra is rushed in this episode. Um, maybe just don't tear their relationship apart again. Like he could have helped, he could have been there for Matt. Yeah, uh, I don't. I mean, I I don't know. I'm guessing it's going to tie I see in with what whatever they're, trying they're doing to do, next. But it's like, yeah, I see what they're trying to do, but it's like they did that last season. So it's like, why do they? You know, why do they have to break them up again? It's just even worse damage to their friendship. It might. I I I'm thinking it might be that they need to break them up before the defenders because now Daredevil's not going to appear before the Defenders series. So maybe because you've got so many characters in the Defenders, you're not going to have much of a, of Foggy. So they don't want to have audiences going, well, where's Foggy? Why aren't they, why aren't they at Nelson and Murdoch? So they've had to get rid of Nelson and Murdoch almost before the Defenders. So it's not an issue. Do you see what I mean? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Cause we don't know what they're going to do in Defenders. Why can't they have the Defender? Nelson Murdoch in the Defenders. No, I'm ju- I'm just thinking they could do. I'm just thinking maybe they're not going to because it's going to take up time 
um, it, it's like the supporting characters, but they want to focus on like the four main characters, so they don't want to focus on all the oh, resources. Okay. So we might not see as much of like Malcolm and to, things like yeah, that. And just not have as many law firms knocking around. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to make an effort to be positive the rest of this episode. I'm <laughs> like I'm bringing this down. Sorry. I don't believe it. I don't believe it, Robin. I'm like, ah, goddamn, this is characters I love. Why are they fucking this shit up? Anyway. Talking of characters I, that we love in the next scene, Turk, yay! Turk! This whole season is a Turk, it has Turk bookends because he's in episode one and he's in the last episode. I totally and didn't. He's just a big recognize. Turk hug. I totally didn't recognize him. I was like, that guy looks like, who's this guy? I was like, that guy looks familiar. Did I see him on another show recently? <laughs> He's been on our podcast. <laughs> Matt. Oh. They, they haven't used him much. Oh. I, was like, I, thought, I thought it was Turk, but then I was like, uh, I, I am always really stupid when it comes to like, <laughs> I don't know. I just don't, for, I don't remember usually. So I'm like, I better not say anything in case I'm wrong. <laughs> 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 Is that Luke Cage sitting next to her? Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm the worst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Luke Cage has been in more episodes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can I can I say my theory, Claire? That I was talking to you about. <laughs> sure. Or, we we don't want to skip to that scene, right? I can't so. remember what your theory was, so sure. <laughs> I can't remember. All right, skipping ahead. They go ahead and start to cut his, cut his leg off, and I was thinking that'd be oh, awesome yeah, yeah. if they cut his leg off and he had to wear uh, maybe some stilts to get him around places. So he becomes Stiltman, Stiltman Turk, Stilt right. Turk. <laughs> I'm going to be asking Rob Morgan about this, don't worry. Yes. He knows this question is coming, because he wants Stilt Turk more than anyone, apart from me. <laughs> um, yeah, so... They've got all the people that Daredevil was apparently saved, which isn't that many people. It's only twenty people. <laughs> I was like, okay, where's where's little Robin? Thinking, like, little kid Robin oh. from episode two of last season. Yeah, I guess the hand aren't into kidnapping kids like those. Uh, those, like uh, those Russians. Uh, Russians. Russians are Russians are actually more evil than the hand. Well, of course, the possible. hand like have no problem shooting old men in the head. <laughs> Yeah, poor poor Peter Boyle, um, Jerry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is Peter Boyle's lookalike. We have two lookalikes in this episode. We have um, this actor who really looks like Peter Boyle, in my opinion. And then later on, we have an actor who really looks like Michael Hogan, a.k.a. Saul Ty from Battlestar Collector. In that, I really thought it was him, but it's not. I always get sad when I see characters who have been like through wars and now they're like old, aged veterans, and then they get shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, they survived I just, all I love Turk's reaction <laughs> I love Turk's reaction to everything going on He just looks like fed up He's just like, he's not scared He's just having a bad day Yeah I, I, I like I it I see a Karen versus uh, Tyler fight In the back of the bus there That'd be pretty hot Yeah <laughs> So, uh, Matt uses his uh, club as a grappling hook, and I drew six, uh, seven hearts in my notebook, because he actually swings from a building, and he finds out that Karen has been taken when he goes into our apartment, and he's so angry, he punches the wall, and then he feels sword marks in the wall. So, Wolverine took her, apparently. (laughs) 
I was wondering apparently if... tried to plaster it or I, what was going on there? I think it was plastered and then there was the sword marks. I don't think they plastered over the sword marks. I don't think was that, that her apartment? There. Um I think so, wasn't it? Pretty shitty digs. <laughs> or it's the one that she was hiding out in that, you know, those guys didn't protect her in. I was wondering I can just imagine Oh, sorry, God. Oh, I was just wondering why they had the the need to swing swords at her. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I thought. I was like, well, like she wouldn't. Like, I, I don't know. Were they she like, did she throw a lamp at them or something? I like know. I don't know. Weird. I I think it was Wolverine, the little cameo. Mm-hmm. He just went in. Just, well, uh, skipping ahead to the last scene of this episode, uh, oh. Daredevil's like, I'm I. <laughs> I'm Daredevil, and Karen's like, so you're the one who fucked up my apartment? <laughs> <laughs> so many times? Oh. Probably. So, well, after the scene that comes later in this episode, I'm expecting a reaction to be, yeah, no shit. Because <laughs> he's like, <laughs> yeah. totally caressed Except my face. She was <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. know. Yeah. I think, well, I think that bit of, I mean, we'll get to it when we get to that scene, but I think that bit of directing was probably like, she had to, react in various different ways and they cut the takes together so it could be taken as surprise shock anger love you know anything because it's kind of like uh, they could kind of play it off as any of those reactions in the next series um we'll have to see no, i feel i don't feel like you could play it off as like uh the fact that she knew already though yeah because she looks surprised she looks surprised yeah which yeah i found shocking but whatever like yeah it's just it's that Superman thing. Like, how do you not recognize the the person? <laughs> yeah. Like, you can hear their voice. You can see like at least the lower part of their face. Like, I don't and know. You, you know this person so why, well. Why? Why do they keep saving me? Why am I so? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why, why were all these hostages rescued, and the only one whose face he caressed was me? Yeah. <laughs> and then I caressed his chest. Yeah, like I feel like the, she's here, an Turk. intelligent woman. Like she should know. <laughs> Oh, I wish he caressed Turk's chest. Or he just put his hand in Turk's face and was like, it's okay, baby. (laughs) That'd be like a very, very, uh, ooh. That'd be like, what would you call a superhero like that? (laughs) Just like overly, like, not respecting your space bubble. Just kind of like always, always touching you inappropriately. (laughs) Hey, hands. Caress, man. I don't know. Caress, man. Can I ask you a question, Claire? Maybe I just don't remember. When did Daredevil ever save Turk? <laughs> like, why was Turk on the saved list? Um, I don't think he was necessarily that he saved Turk, but he's... Um, had dealings with him. He's had dealings with him, yeah. A couple of times. And he didn't... He's not really saved him. But then this time he does save him. He didn't have to. Could have left him there. That's true. He saved him by throwing him in jail. <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I want to do. A, I, I honestly want to do a comic. It's just a daily, a daily comic strip, and it's just called Turk's Bad Day, and it's just every day Turk having a bad day because <laughs> it just a bit like Turk amuses me so much. Um, uh, Tyler really doesn't like Karen. They they look like they're going to have a fight, uh, and this is where um, uh, Paul Men's Peter Boyle is shot. Mm. Uh, Daredevil's getting frustrated because he's listening to the chatter in the city to find Karen, but he can't find them. So Electra tells him to focus um, and sort of puts her hand on on him and is like, hey, hey, just one at a time, <laughs> or whatever she says. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I like these two together. Also, at this point, yeah. she's wearing her really long coat, 
and we're like, oh, we know your new costume's under that coat. Just show it to us. <laughs> it's kind of like not revealed until the end. <laughs> it looks the exact same as the old costume. <laughs> it's got Except... a bit more red in it, I think, and it's got a kind of sash. We get. I thought, we get it, was the, I thought it was the exact same costume, just made out of different material, which confused <laughs> me. I was like, I thought this was previously made for Betsy. <laughs> I was it's like, if he made proof. that for Betsy, he likes Betsy looking... Uh, a bit sexy, doesn't he? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, he probably does. To be fair, oh, oh, Betsy That's and Melvin. That's we play gladiator together. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon they would like sit and watch Spartacus together and stuff like that? Because he like loves gladiators so much. And then they like <laughs> they go to Comic Con cosplayed as like characters from Spartacus or Gladiator. Oh. <laughs> I get to see them circling each other in the bedroom going so the ninjas unload uh, the people into um, into a warehouse and then they hear the police siren nearby and this is when Tyler's like oh god damn it um, and so Karen has inadvertently got these two police officers killed as well can we can we agree on that because yeah. she draws these two police officers there's no way they're not, they don't know they're going into ninjatopia in this this thing it's like ninja headquarters so they get killed straight away one manages to do a radio <laughs> report in time who really looked like michael hogan and i thought it was but he's not in <laughs> it's not in his credits um yeah i blame karen for their deaths as well <laughs> <laughs> well if they didn't show up uh other police wouldn't be pulled to the scene to be completely ineffectual yeah, as well okay exactly the police don't do anything daredevil turns up and he heard he heard where they were before the police sirens turned up so he would have turned up still and managed to sort it all out the police turned up they did nothing we could argue that by the police turning up that's what alerted frank and that's why frank turned up and saved the day but still i blame karen for these two police officers deaths. Mm. i love that the police are like um there's 20 innocent people in there and then and then all the 20 innocent people come running out and then they're like, well, let's just wait out here. Maybe maybe the ninjas will come rushing out at us and we can shoot them. <laughs> they don't go into the building at all. <laughs> no, they're like, oh, their devil's in there. Well, they're fighting out. on the rooftop. We'll let it, we'll, we'll let it work itself out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Electra pretty much says, oh, there's only, you know, 20, 20 pe- innocent people in there. Um, and she basically equates them to being collateral damage, you know, for the for the greater good. But Daredevil's like, no, we have to save them. Um, yeah, but Electra's just, just kind of like, eh, screw him. <laughs> He's thinking about Karen and Turk. But come on. <laughs> His buddy. Turk is not allowed to die in this series until we see him get thrown through the window of Josie's. How deep? How- <laughs> all I want and wearing stilts. I was I was looking I was looking for him after this scene where they cut cut his foot to see what shape he was in, but there was so much commotion and shuffling around that I don't know I don't know if I caught a glimpse of him. I, I saw the back of him as he as yeah. Daredevil was caressing Karen's face, so I was like, uh, "Oh, he's still walking." Yeah, so they, he didn't lose his foot. Even no, you see him going down, down the stairs, I think, as well. Sure looked like a deep cut. Yeah, it, it looked like it went like down a, to the bone. Yeah. Like he didn't get totally like Fred Gwynn Gage Pet Cemetery, but <laughs> <laughs> that was just his Achilles heel. Ah no! Oh, no fair! <laughs> I love that film. Maybe he'll get a bionic foot like um, like the ones that Gazelle had in The Kingsman. It'll just have the one, like the one blade. 
and you can yeah. use that to, to kill people. That would be cool. Just no, you should get, get the foot gun like the lady from... Oh, right. Planet Terror? Yeah, that would be awesome. Machine gun leg. Talk about things not following physics. So um, this is the moment where Daredevil smashes in, the hostages run... Um, but yeah, Daredevil takes a moment to caress Karen's face and then she caresses his chest and is like, oh, you're bleeding. And I was like, how do you not know that this is Matt Murdock? No. He, he doesn't even change his voice. I know. No. I expected him to be like, are you okay, Karen? Like, he says, are you okay? I expected him to say her name. She'll be like, yeah, I'm okay, Matt. What? Oh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so this is when we get the first sort of big ninja fight and we see Elektra's new costume. So, you thought it looked exactly the same, Matt? Uh, yeah. It no, looked, I thought it looked different. Looked the same to me. I think it had more red on the legs than the other one. Like, the other one only really had red up by the neck, didn't it? I think. What did you uh, think, Rebecca? I was pretty sure it had red um, on the I thought side. it was a little bit more red, yeah. I think we're, it's getting redder. <laughs> she's totally red at the end. Yeah. Not just because she's bleeding to death. <laughs> <laughs> I I like it, but I do I, I think I do prefer like I don't like the film. Don't judge me. I do prefer Electra's costume in the Electra movie because I like that it's all red and I think it it looks more comic book accurate. It's completely impractical and would never work as a, a, a real life costume, but I do like how close to the comic it is. Um but yeah, I, d- I like this costume. It's and I think it's a hundred times better than the the one she wears in the movie with her choker, because that's that's terrible. Her leather outfit. Yeah, that's what I was telling Matt when we were watching it. I was like, this costume is so great for like, you know, boob support and. Because <laughs> most costumes that they give women, it's just like the boobs are just hanging out underneath, or they're hanging out the sides. I'm like, they would just be popping out like every which way yeah. all the time. Mm. It's just yeah. not practical. <laughs> or they would have like um, a, a molded breastplate. You know, like all the female superheroes have molded breastplates yes. to their boobs, which are really yeah. impractical as well. Because that would oh, that would bruise your boobs so much. Well, ah. it would be very heavy as well. well. Yeah, I've yeah, I've read the the. The science behind a boob-shaped breastplate before, and what it would do is, if you got a sword on the boob, you want, it would you want to slide down. Me article? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> down IO9. If you got like, if somebody swung a sword at your chest, it would hit the boob plate, slide down the side of it, and go to the center of your chest. Like it would just direct yeah. everything into the middle of your chest. You should just strap them down, strap the girls down. Yep. Um, you know, flat as possible. <laughs> Make them as flat as possible, and yeah, and then just just have like a regular costume. Pretty much. Don't even get me started on like Emma Frost's costume in X Men because I don't even know how her boobs aren't flying out of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> or Power Girl's outfit. Oh, I was my boobs were almost flying out of my Jessica Jones costume, and you know that actually had um, two straps on it. So yeah, there we go. No, I'm just- I'm just picturing leg boobs with like little wings on them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, we get the big ninja fight. Um, At one point, the ninjas grab Electra through a wall. I was like, okay. (laughs) They go sort of juggernaut on her. Um, And then we see Tyler arming Nobu with his signature uh, 
weapon, which is like the shoge hook, I think it's called. Uh, so we're like, oh no, no, it's it's serious. Um, dead of an Electra head to the roof, and the police arrive, and then the hostages escape, and <laughs> Brett's like, Paige? <laughs> She's like, Brett? <laughs> I kind of agree with him. It's like, why, why are you always involved in these things? Hmm. Seems a little odd. I'm surprised that he doesn't think that she's, like, behind some of it, you know? Yeah, I know. She's always there. Mm. And Foggy arrives, and then they all watch the rooftop. And then we get, I think, a really lovely scene. I don't know what you guys think, but I, I got a bit choked up. I know this is... I know someone who really hates this scene or has very um, mixed feelings on it is Christine at the other Murdoch Papers, um, which we can discuss because I she actually after watching this episode phoned me up and we chatted about it for ages because she was very torn in her feelings about this scene. So as Electra and Daredevil prepare for the roof fight, um, Electra's sure they're going to die, but Matt takes off his helmet and tells her that if they make it, then he will run with her wherever they need to go because she is the part of him that he needs. And then they agree to, you know, go wherever if they survive. What do you guys think? Uh, he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. <laughs> I think he was. Just, I. I think he's just caught up in the moment. He's like, "Oh, we're like Romeo and Juliet." Oh, you know. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did stick out as a little bit odd, but I think maybe. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's just a in the moment and trying to talk her down kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think what um, Christine said that she didn't like about it was that it's Matt saying, "This is the part of me that I need," and it kind of completely craps all over the Matt Murdoch side of him and as if that's not part of him that he needs but really um, both you know both are, are parts of him he can't have one without the other um, I so I think it is it's not him like all the show basically saying screw the Matt Murdoch side of his life um, I think it, I think it is him he's caught up in the moment he's emotional him and Karen have kind of split up at this point and so he's just like, yes, I'll, I'll totally run with you wherever. But I I think he would be, like like Electra says, like New York is part of him. He wouldn't be gone from New York for that long until he needs that Matt Murdoch side of him again. I was distracted by the, the helmet. He pulls the helmet off. Mm-hmm. And that chain mail that hangs down the side of his neck is gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. The helmet, when he pulls it off, is actually, like I was like, oh, that helmet's actually really small when you see him pull it off. And you see it yeah. fly off his head later in the fight. Yeah. It's actually like only goes down to sort of the top of his ears at the back. And then he has the thing that yeah. I guess goes up. Yeah, it disappears. But it's kind of like the um, in Batman Returns where at the end, like Batman's talking to Selena Kyle. And he, he before he takes off his cow, you can see he's got no black eyeline around his eyes. So it's yeah. just like yeah. it looks really weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It ruins a completely... F- nothing wrong with that cowl at all he just rips it apart also if he can rip it that cowl apart with his hands as easy then that's not a very good cowl it's like butter you could just stab through it with like a little toothpick Mm -hmm. (laughs) he needs to go and get in contact with melvin Mm. um so then we get the really big fight on the rooftop uh there's about 35 ninjas i did a quick count Um, seems like it seems like there's less when they actually get out there it does, and I mean, th- this is one of the problems with reading the comics, is 
um, I don't know if you like uh, agree as well, Rebecca. Like you see so many, particularly with the very ninja-heavy Daredevil storylines, like Shadowland. You see these amazing splash pages that that um, that artists have drawn, and um, you've just got like Daredevil uh, and Electra, or you know, or someone else just like fighting off thousands of ninjas, just thousands, and it's yes. really enclosed space, and it just feels like they're completely overwhelmed. But the problem here is obviously with budget, they don't have the money to have like hundreds and hundreds of ninjas, like, you know, fight fight extras or to CGI them in. And they're doing it on a roof space. You can see what's going on. But because you've got so much space, it felt very um, like and the, the term I put in my notes, which I don't think is entirely fair, but it was the only term I could think of. It was look, it looked a bit like LARPing. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. because there was so much space it was just like i would have preferred and the the way it was filmed i wish it had been filmed a bit tighter like the show's known for for doing all these awesome fight scenes they tend to be in enclosed spaces um i think it might have been harder to tell what's going on but i i really wanted this fight to be great and it just didn't for me live up to the fights earlier in the in both seasons Mm. yeah i really wanted Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just saying. I mean, I mean, the, I think the <laughs> my favorite part is when Elektra and Daredevil are both like double teaming on Nobu because no other in, no other ninjas are getting into the fray. They're just setting the stand back and watch. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, like they, don't wanna, be, like, they don't want to. They don't want to hurt the black guy. Right. Yeah. yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, they sort of do a tag ninjas. team on yeah. Nobu. Well, Nobu breaks Elektra's arm, so he's he's not against hurting Elektra, but obviously doesn't want to kill her. But I, my favorite bit is the bit when Nobu punches Daredevil, and Daredevil, <laughs> Daredevil, like does it almost like a a little somersault in midair, and his helmet flies off. I really want someone to give me a gift of that. I want a gift of that. It was amazing. <laughs> his helmet goes whoop. Oh, and so yeah, he gets hit so hard he does like a backflip. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Oh, I loved it. I wanted um, Punisher to show up sooner. I wanted him to take out all those ninjas, yes. just massacre them. With a minigun. <laughs> he never gets to use that, does he? Oh. <sighs> Robin's really angry about the lack of the minigun, aren't you, Robin? Didn't they show it in the in like one of the advertisements? I mean, I, I could have sworn I'd seen like a still advertisement of him like hanging out of a like a helicopter or something with a minigun. Am I wrong? That, I, I'm like, pretty sure they show him with like a minigun. Yeah, yeah. He's got to save it for his series, Robin. It's pleasure delay. Ooh. Pleasure delay. I love Daredevil just being the entry point to fucking Punisher. Oh, I'm sorry. I was, this is an awesome episode. Oh, Robin's so angry. Oh, <laughs> Robin. <laughs> I, Punisher, anyone would think man. you wanted the hand to win. Oh, Robin. No, I wanted the hand. I wanted Daredevil to beat the hand. Um, um, and I also wanted a minigun. If we're gonna have Punisher, we need a minigun. I like him having the sniper rifle because it kind of links in with something else I'll mention in a minute. But I thought it was is, cool to see like uh, to see that sniper rifle go off and like Matt just like walk away super cool. Oh, it was He's awesome. Like, he knows exactly what's going on. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was cool. He doesn't even need to like you know look. You know, kind of in vote commas or his version of looking. He knows it's Frank. But what I what I have to say is, if Frank has a sniper rifle, so he's looking through the. Uh, the magnifying bit, the the lens to to see where to shoot. Matt hasn't got his helmet on. He now knows that he's right. Matt, right? He must know. If we <laughs> now get to season point. three or, de- or the Punisher series and he doesn't know, I'm going to call bullshit. 
He just choose, <laughs> he chose not to look. He chose to respect his, <laughs> his identity. Uh, yeah. Excuse me. With Superman rules, you would think that if Matt was wearing his sunglasses, Frank wouldn't recognize him. Uh-huh. Oh, and a suit. He has in to wear sunglasses suit. and a suit. Okay. All right. You're not Daredevil. You're not. Daredevil doesn't wear sunglasses. <laughs> oh man! Oh, so, Electra sacrifices herself because she kind of leaps in front and um, <clears throat> sort of pushes the side Lobra away from stabbing uh, Daredevil, and then Lobra accidentally stabs uh, Electra. And I love Peter Shinkoda's face because his face is kind of like. Oh shit! <laughs> the one person he didn't want to kill, and he kills. Yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love his look, and then he kind of storms off like, "Let's get out of here!" Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. Well, I guess my job here is done. <laughs> yep. What do you think of this? Of her getting stabbed like this here instead of it happening by, uh, by Bullseye's hand, like it's supposed to? Um, I, I don't mind it because any people that maybe weren't that familiar with daredevil as a character they i mean they might have seen the movie and in which they they play out bullseye killing electra pretty much exactly as it is in the comic um in the comics going into spoilers from the comics bullseye kills two of daredevil's girlfriends so i'm thinking maybe they're going to save the introduction of bullseye for that storyline rather than do it completely following the comics and have something feel um, repetitive. Because even in the comics, even even though there's maybe 35 years in between the two storylines, it still felt very repetitive. And a lot of people have accused Kevin Smith, who did the second run um, that featured that, um, of basically copying Frank Miller, uh, killing Elektra, which I can kind of see. He's He really does a... He, he, he uses a lot of Frank Miller's influence in his story, but we haven't got 35 years of this show. If they did both storylines in a, say a 10 year period, it would, I think feel quite repetitive. Um, and like they're just recycling ideas, but I'm thinking maybe they're going to have the character of bullseye come later. And, uh, Matt Murdock will lose a, a lady love to bullseye. Just a different one. Oh, what if it's Karen? Ooh, I don't know. Also, Maybe. you know, if you did see the end of this episode, Bullseye has another shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, uh, yeah, exactly. But, but would assume... they kill Electra again? I don't, I don't think they would. Yeah, and I assume she'll be completely evil when she comes back next time, and she'll just get redeemed in the last episode, and it'll probably be season four. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. We'll have to see. Um, random note about Elektra. I really love her red eyeliner in this, this episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's got this awesome That's red cool. eyeliner on. But you you um, can only see it when she closes her when she blinks or when she closes her eyes. Yeah, and you can see it in the sarcophagus at the end. And like when she goes to fight on the rooftop, she has her nails painted black, I noticed. Because I was like, ooh, that's very goth of you, Electra. And when she's in the sarcophagus at the end, her nails are painted red. So someone, some little ninja, was responsible for <laughs> repainting Electra's nails. Oh, bless. Can you imagine having I just, that job? I know. I just Makeup like the idea ninja. of a little ninja giving her, a ma- like, a manicure. <laughs> Makeup ninja. Aww. Aww. Yeah, aww. Aww. Uh, so... Uh, this is when Frank turns up, obviously. 
um, and kind of saves the day a bit. And then Matt uses his billy club into awesome effect to throw Nobu Nobu off the roof. I I loved this stunt. I thought this was great. It was was incredible. Offering did, though, was kill those four ninjas that just stood there for a while. <laughs> they were just standing there for, like, I, I don't know, a good, like, five minutes of the action. <laughs> hey, 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 give him a moment. He's he's grieving. <laughs> he's not going to give him too much help. You know, he's not he's not a good guy. Come on, come on, Mel. <laughs> the way he kind of, like, flipped off the roof, like, he, like, looped that thing around him and flipped him off the roof or whatever kind of reminded me of the end of the Ninja Turtles movie. Yes, that's in the Easter eggs. Someone put in Easter yeah. eggs. It's like Shredder dying at the yeah. end of Ninja Turtle. I just, I just, I just wanted, I wanted Nobu to land in in, in a the, dumpster in, in the uh, trash compactor, yes. and then just Casey Jones to be there randomly and just go, oops. <laughs> <laughs> and you just see like a little bit of Shredder being crushed, and then he comes back as Super Shredder. Maybe it should have been oh, so good. that oops. Like oops. when he sliced his head up, oops. Oh, <laughs> oh that would be amazing. Well, we know that Turtles and Daredevil take place in the same universe, so Casey Jones could have totally shown up and done that. Oh. Uh, when, uh, when uh, well, I guess we're not there yet, but Mel just mentioned it, when Stick cuts off Nobu's head, I was like, no, Peter Shinkoda's acting career. Oh. <laughs> well, I will say oh, that when that happened, around. I actually messaged Peter Shinkoda and I said, are you going to be like the Kenny of, uh, like Kenny from South Park of Daredevil in the every season? It's like, oh my God, they killed Nobu. And then he's like, back <laughs> in the next season. Because I'd be down for that. That'd be awesome. Mm. <laughs> he comes back in season three and, like, and he's got like a sore throat when he talks because he was decapitated. He's like, oh, I'm Nobu. That'd <laughs> be great. Oh, he's like it. Fancy Brown in Highlander. He's got his neck all stitched up. Hey, 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 wait for the Easter eggs, Robin. Wink. Mm-hmm. Um, so Stick and uh, Matt go to Electra's grave. It's the same graveyard as as where Ben was buried. Um, apparently, Electra was buried in the Jewish quarter because these are all Jewish <laughs> gravestones around her. I noticed, like tons of them have the Star of David. So I was like, was was she Jewish? Okay, or I guess her family. I guess it's a family plot. Maybe um, that's. That's all the other cemeteries are full. That's the only spot they could find. <laughs> Maybe. Um, and we find out Electra hates roses but likes orchids. And like I said to you yesterday, Robin, I agree. I think roses are overrated. <laughs> they smell like poo poo poo. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Because oh. I said it to you yesterday. <laughs> I know. I was like waiting for Thanks it. Thanks for the setup, though. <laughs> and Matt says Caroline. that it was, it was worth loving Electra. Oh, and I drew a little broken heart in my notes. <sighs> I'm so much more invested in their relationship than I am in like Matt and Electra in the movie, where they don't even have sex in like one of the cuts, and they literally knew each other for like two seconds. The <laughs> fucking rain scene, the playground scene—that is electricity, sir or ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's something. I don't know if it's How electricity. How dare though. you? How daredevil I, how daredevil. Freaking mm. daredevil Netflix doesn't have Evanescence on the soundtrack, do they? Oh my no. word, can you Case imagine? Closed. Can you imagine? We'll talk about the soundtrack in a minute as well, actually. Maybe maybe this is the time immortal. to bring Evanescence oh, back. Oh, that's, they, that, they should have been playing that over, like, Electra's yeah. funeral, being like, I'm yep. so tired of being here. <laughs> I would have laughed. So... 
Foggy and Karen are in Josie's ruminating, and they uh, and Foggy finally settles the long-running Nelson Murdoch tab. Do they really have to make jokes every time about how awful it's <laughs> like? Oh, we get it. We get it. It's terrible. Just don't go I feel, there anymore. I feel bad for Josie because like she could probably hear them every time. She's just like, "Fuck you! Why'd you keep going to my bar then?" Yes, yeah, I, know. I like when they're like, "We want to, we want to uh, square up our tab." I was she's just like, like, "Fucking thank God!" And she, she, <laughs> yeah. she's she's like, like, we may not go bankrupt. She, she was probably, she was probably like, "That'll be seven thousand dollars." <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, "Where, where are you getting this money from, Foggy? Did they like pay you up front?" Sign on yeah. bonus. I, I was wondering that too. That's in the folder there. I'd put it in my contract if I was a lawyer. Before I signed on, you have to pay my bar tab. <laughs> <laughs> see they better go back to Josie's because as I said I will not be happy until we see Turk getting thrown through that tiny window in Josie's that's all I want yeah. and we know it's a tiny window because we've been there Yeah. Um, so Karen is sitting in the office on Christmas Eve um, oh. Ellison oh, yeah, I know you have a lot to say about this Robin so I'm setting you up don't Ellis- steal my quote I won't Ellison encourages her to write the truth in her story in something that New York doesn't know and then he gives her a bottle of scotch for Christmas. So um, uh, I just want to say what's happening while this scene's going, while we get this this uh, voiceover from Karen. So we get the um, we see Matt walking home with a brown paper bag, and the music playing is the same music that played when Battling Jack Murdoch died. So I started getting teary eyed and was like, ah, I'm going to cry. Um, we also see Frank uh, throwing gasoline around his house, and he removes a disc with the word micro written on it from a photo frame of his army house and the house explodes. And then we see a close up of the skull that he's painted on his bulletproof vest. What do you guys think about that stuff before we get into, uh, uh, Karen's story? Like any theories about micro? No, I have no idea what that would be. I, I might, I might hint at it in the, in the Easter eggs. You have, yeah. you have actually met micro before Matt. Uh, Hello, micro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the disc that proves that Frank Castle is the true uh, founder of Microsoft, and he's going to go <laughs> take it back. That's it. He's going to go and storm storm the office. <laughs> punish a t-shirt on. <laughs> go, Robin. Go. I know you want to. I can hear. I can hear you bouncing up can, and down in your chair. Can I just do my quote now? <laughs> yeah. Go on then. What is it to be a hero? Look in the mirror and you'll know. Look into your own eyes and tell me you are not heroic and that you have not endured or suffered or lost the things you care about most. And yet, here you are, a survivor of Hell's Kitchen, the hottest place anyone's ever known, a place where cowards don't last long. So you must be a hero. We all are. Some more than others, but none of us alone. Some bloody their fists trying to keep the kitchen safe. Others bloody the streets in the hope that they can stop the tide, the crime, the cruelty, the disregard for human life all around them. But this is Hell's Kitchen kitchen angel or devil rich or poor young or old you live here you didn't choose this town it chose you because a hero isn't someone who lives above us keeping us safe a hero is not a god or an idea a hero lives here on the street among us with us always here but rarely recognized look in the mirror and see yourself for what you truly are you're a new yorker you're a hero this is your hell's kitchen welcome home uh karen (laughs) karen 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 come into my office Karen, <laughs> yeah, well, you're fired. Th- what, what? You took that long writing that story, Karen. 
Um, it, it's it's that's like, not it's, a story. It's not a story. I, it doesn't say. I've anything. never written anything before. And it's, it's <laughs> what did it, you expect? It's almost it. Like, I'm sorry, Robin, but I'm going to go there. It's almost as bad as a, a Dana Scully monologue from the X Files. I'm sorry. Oh come <laughs> on, <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's not Elise the best. Lisa Mulder. <laughs> it's not the best. Sto- it's n- it's not the best story, Karen. It's it's not a story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell us what happened with the Punisher. Okay. And he, she he does say <laughs> he does say tell us tell New York something they don't know, and oh, yeah, it's not good. So this reporter wants me to look in the mirror and then I'll find out more about the whole Punisher thing and Daredevil. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. If if Lois Lane can be a Pulitzer Prize winning writer, as I said, Robin, for her horrible article in Superman Returns, then I bet Karen, Karen wins an award for this article. The world was suffering. Superman had left. Lois yeah. wrote the article that expressed what everybody was feeling because Superman was their hero and he'd left them. And of course she gets a Pulitzer Prize. Why? Of course. Why? Because it, it, it was a moment. It's like, it's like uh, you know, why do you give awards to people that uh, do, like, like what, why do you give Nobel Peace Prize awards out? Because they, you know, they, they definitely, they, they stand for something that you, that you believe in. And Lois uh, was, uh, oh man, this is a Daredevil podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Superman baiting you, Robin. It's hilarious. <laughs> Superman baiting Superman that's, that's that's what I do. Superman on Saturday fishing. nights. I, I no, I, I mean, like I. This, <laughs> oh Sorry. This this story of Karen's is, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> like, I kind of oh. hope next season starts with her, like knocking on Foggy's door and going, "Um, do you need a secretary?" And laugh. Um, uh, Hogarth Chow Benowitz, and she goes back to working for. Matt and Foggy. Yeah, that's Joey Pants should have walked into that office and just leaned on the delete button like he did at the end. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear, you can actually hear like Ben Urich's ghost rolling in his grave. Yeah. <laughs> I died for this. <laughs> or if she, she should dedicate that to Ben Urich and then he'll be like, say what? <laughs> that will get him back to life. That would actually bring him back to life. Just have sheer fury. Oh, wake man. me up. Wake me up inside. Um, Can't wake up. So, yeah, the 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 second to last scene, um, yes. Matt and Karen hanging out at the office, and Matt says, I have something to show you in this brown paper bag, which sounds ominous. And he basically tells her that he's Daredevil. We, well, I, I was kind of surprised at this, but I, but I, I, I was surprised that they they made the reveal kind of solid. But as I said before, after that scene earlier, I was like, she has to know that he's dead. She has to know if she doesn't know, I, I will be shocked. I like how he had to say I'm daredevil instead of just like showing her the helmet. And like, she could have assumed that he found it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I killed I, I, daredevil. I killed daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I killed daredevil. Oh. I'm a run fair cosplayer. <laughs> <laughs> I have to show you something. I bought this off Etsy so I can cosplay as Daredevil next month at New York Comic Con. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I work in medieval times. 
<laughs> as the Devil Knights. I'm currently making you a uh, a costume for Wonder Woman, uh, Karen. I hope you like it. Okay. You call me Dark Helmet. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Uh, and then in the final scene, we see Electra in her sarcophagus, um, underground, surrounded by ninjas. They close the lid on Electra, and then we hear a heartbeat. And then it's the end of the season. Oh, I didn't hear the heartbeat. I yeah, there's a heartbeat for like two two heartbeats as it goes to black. Well, that thing was like empty besides her body. Like, what? Where did all the blood that they put in it go? <laughs> really, I'm guessing. It, I'm guessing it's like in the the I don't know, like in the walls of the sarcophagus or something. Or she's going to be dipped in it. I don't know. Definitely um, Claire, we talked about the episode of the X Files where Doggett was vomited into existence. Oh um, no! no. <laughs> so basically, he died. Uh, Doggett got shot. Spoilers for the X Files, everyone. But never forget that the character of John Doggett is made out of vomit. Matt and Mel have missed yeah. out on this. So Doggett got shot in an episode. I think he got shot. Um, this monster yeah. then. Uh, this is what happened, Mel. This monster then ate Doggett in full. Ate him entirely. Then went into his underground layer, where he had a little mold in the shape of a like gingerbread man. It cut into the ground, and then he vomited Doggy into that mold. And then I guess Doggy is like jelly. So when he set, he was Doggy again. Yeah. Never forget, Robert Patrick is made out of vomit in the Exile. Yay! So I'm just assuming that Electra is made out of blood, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, is this a new Electra? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's why her dress is red. Mm-hmm. Or, or since they had the, t- they stole her body. They put her body in there and then pumped it full of that blood. Maybe. Ma- yeah, and maybe they put gonna... it in for thirty-five minutes to cook on three fifty. They're, they're gonna yeah. melt her down, and she's gonna come out of that shaped like that sarcophagus. It's kind of like a shapeless <laughs> kind of. <laughs> you know, it's just gonna be like I don't know, I don't know. Um, wedge, like some yeah. sort of wedge-shaped person. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is the end of the episode, guys. We've got a lot to cover, so I'm going to get into some Easter eggs. Okay? So, Sorry, coffee girl. <laughs> Terrible, Robin. You should... So ashamed. She wouldn't be sarcophagus guy. Come on. Oh. I'm, I'm in pain here. I'm in pain. <laughs> so, uh, here's here's a little Easter egg for you, Robin. Are you ready? I'm going to throw it at you. Oh, ready boy. to catch it? Okay. Jeez. So the Is fact it hard that world? yeah, it's made out of granite. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> the marble egg. <laughs> so someone, uh, the ref- the fact that in this episode, someone in a brown trench coat is is decapitating an immortal. Could be a reference to Highlander, seeing as Clancy Brown <laughs> was in this season earlier. Here we are. Born to be kings, we're the princes. Nobody's gonna cut me off. You know, yeah, I like that song. I, like I thought that. you were going into "Here We Are in the Lost and Lonely Part of Town," like you know the Beatles. No, Where I thought we were going with that. Um, so another Easter egg. This one can be for uh, uh, Matt and Mel. Um, in the uh, the Marvel comic adaptation of the Punisher movie that we watched with Dolph Lundgren in it, that I know you guys love. Um, it, the, there was an adaptation of that film for comics, and in that adaptation, towards the end of it, it showed Frank spray painting a skull onto a bulletproof vest, um, but it was cut out of the film. So this might be where they got this from that movie. Oh, 
I assumed he did that in like every movie. <laughs> no, because in the other one, he had a t shirt, didn't he? From his, his no, little I just think it'd be in a t shirt. There's enough skull t shirts around. Yeah. And the uh, movie had a school bus verse full of hostages, too. Oh, yeah, it did. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> I really love that movie. I love all the Punisher movies in their own way. <laughs> They're so great. <laughs> um, and here's another one. Oh, actually, this one's really for you, Matt. Uh, so, the disc that says micro. In the mm -hmm. comics, Microchip is a tech guy that helps Frank um, uh, with sort of technical stuff. And we saw him in Punisher Warzone, and he was played by Wayne Knight. Remember uh, that? Yeah, I got shot in the head. <laughs> yeah, he was playing by uh, Dennis Nedry. Yep. You didn't say the magic word. <laughs> <laughs> um, and here's one last one. Oh, actually, here's another reference to Micro. So, in... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2, Episode 7, the character of Daisy, uh, also known as Sky, mentioned that she knew a hacktivist called Micro. Oh, that's cool. I, I totally that agree. Cool. Yeah, so they could possibly know each other. And also, she obviously went to the same orphanage that Matt went to, so she's got all the ties to, to the Daredevil series. Everything's connected, Jeff Loeb. Uh, everything. So, um, that is our Easter eggs for the week. Rebecca, mm, yeah. you are our very special guest. Would you like to do a quote? Well, I've got a cheat one. That's uh, I'm about sick of having to buy new clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I should say, did Matt and Mel, did you watch the Luke Cage teaser on Netflix after the, this episode? What did yep. you guys think? I was like... Claire probably doesn't want us to watch this, but I'm gonna watch it anyway. Yeah, and, then I, I'm supposed to. and then, I, and then I watched it, and then I was like, "That didn't spoil anything." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's cool. You're allowed to watch that. So that was the bit that was most exciting for you, Rebecca. Was oh my god, it's Luke Cage. Uh, uh, I don't know what to say. It was, <laughs> it, was it was certainly a high point, but that's possibly because a few hours before, people had said, "You've got to finish it before you get this thing." And I was getting more and more frantic about wanting to watch it. And then it came and it was so funny and it just made me laugh. And then we got the, the cool funky music. Yeah. So, and it was a lighter tone. So, I, I mean, I, I think, yeah, it stood out. But yeah. I know it was a bit of a cheat. Oh, that's fine. We'll let you off. Um, Matt, do you have any quotes? Nope. This is <gasps> not, not, This isn't a funny show. <laughs> I have a funny quote. <laughs> me too. Uh, I have a quote when um, they notice the little thing on Turk's leg and he says, it's a family heirloom. <laughs> no, that's not. It's a tracker, Turk. It's a tracker, you donut. Maybe they don't have those in Ninja Town. In Ninja Town? <laughs> Where's Ninja that Town? That was really like the stupidest thing you could say about a tracker, a family heirloom. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. It's, yeah. it's my it's eye watch. It's a young family. Yeah, it's, it's it's an eye watch. I I wear it on my ankle. Yeah. Uh, Mel, do you have any quotes? Not at all. Oh, terrible. Uh, <laughs> yep. Robin, you can have you can have a quote. Come on, go to your source right here. I'm right here. All right. Uh, my quote. I actually messaged to you, and you sent me question marks back. It was foggy, foggy, foggy. <laughs> it's because it's take that. Well, yeah, you get a different like, effect when foggy? someone just yeah. messages you going, foggy, foggy, foggy. I was like, what? Because <laughs> you said you were going to bed, so I was trying to wake you up with uh, Matt's, uh, Matt's phone. <laughs> foggy. 
Oh man. Oh, I've got an, I've got another one. one. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I have another Turk because I I love Turk so much. Which was wasn't doing nothing. Taking a goddamn stroll. Supposed to be on house arrest. That made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh Turk. <laughs> okay, go on, Robin. I have one more. It's. He's done that before. He's done that before. Killing Nobu. It's it's the weirdest like breathing. He kind of barks when he's out of breath. It just sounds like it just sounds like he has like lung problems. I like I like how he gives gives Punisher a nod while he's trying to yeah catch his breath too. He's like nod. He's a dog! He's a little you dog! Have, you should have given him, like, a little wink. <laughs> I think my suit's too tight. <laughs> <laughs> Need to get Melvin to loosen this suit a bit. <laughs> 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 Any other quotes? Nope. Nope. Oh, well, now it's time for feedback in that case. <gasps> Last feedback of the season. <laughs> Melanie! <laughs> <laughs> got an email for you from our friend Sedna entitled hi I'm Sedna and I'm done I hope that that doesn't mean she's like been flipped off a roof like uh, Nobu she's done <laughs> or maybe she was put in this sarcophagus and baked and now she's done the little time has gone off maybe where's where's my voicemail I didn't I didn't we didn't get a voicemail Sedna. Uh, Sedna, next next season voicemails please we want to hear your voice <laughs> I st- although I still I enjoy reading them, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> N- okay, now we read. The- no, no, wait. <laughs> uh, 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 let me start again. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> now we meet the hand's very own super efficient admin hench lady with the cool red bob. The chase have no chance with only a cleanup team and useless bloke drivers. <laughs> <laughs> the black sky is bullshit. Finally, it's nonsense. Thank you, Matt. Right. <laughs> I love that Matt's just like, nope, nope, it's just a myth. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Still not convinced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Foggy's gonna work for Hogarth, so he'll be Jessica Jones season two and Iron Fist maybe. <laughs> maybe he'd get offered a partnership though. Mind you, Karen could just walk into journalism. So maybe in this universe, dream jobs just drop in your lap. Never mind all the magic ninja bollocks. This series was supposed to be grounded. <laughs> it's true. Mm. Billy Club! Grappling hook! Matt's learned from majorette twigs and stick to whoop. No, no, he just, you're, just... <laughs> you're breaking me, said now. Stick twirling. Somewhere. You just... You just... <laughs> You don't. You didn't see it because he's behind you. But you just violently woke up our cat. <laughs> Mel was like, Mel was like, Billy Club, and he was like, What the fuck? <laughs> oh, which cat was it? It's Bowler. I'm sorry. Oh, Bowler. <laughs> he's just like, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, Matt can twirl that that stick really well. Like maybe he did uh, do majorette stick twirling at, at school. You never know. <laughs> Maybe we'll get a flashback. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> How's Stick supposed to eat that Sarnie with his hands taped to the chair? 
Well, Sedna, it's a disgusting looking sandwich, so I don't think he needs to eat it. I think he'll be just fine without it. Thank fuck for Turk's tag. Tracking the Death Bus Mystery Tour all the way to the hand's lair. Oh, sensory overload. Poor Maddie baby, let Electra help you focus in her stylish final neck maxi coat. (laughs) And when she takes it off, oh, that's fighting outfit fucking rules. Armpit length black leather gloves want. (laughs) Should be too. (laughs) Paige, any shitstorm you're not a part of? No. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true, Sedna. It's so true. Wow, this is like a really long uh, email. (laughs) You're going to have to have a drink. What is it to be a feedbacker? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Even though they're crap. Wait. Even though. Wait. (laughs) Let me read through that first. (laughs) Uh, Oh my god. Oh my god. I think there should be a comma. I think it should be, I, even yeah, though they're like, crap, there's comma. There's no break in this sentence at all. It's like a whole paragraph and there's no break. Alright, um, okay. Even though they're crap, there's hundreds, well about 20, of those fucking ninjas, Matt and Electra think they're gonna die. However lovely their exchanges, Matt doesn't mean it. He'd never run away with her. Oh fuck, now she's dead. And because his helmet comically flew off, Punisher definitely knows who he is. Except he did back in episode 5 or 7 anyways. <laughs> I agree that the the helmet did comically fly off. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like like it's almost like he was wearing like a pumpkin head and then kicked it off or something. Oh, <laughs> pumpkin head! He, no, Foggy, don't settle the tab. And then she says, cries and cries and cries. Oh. Now the ending with Electra, fine. The hand have dug her up and put her in the stone casket thingy to douse her in creepy donor children's blood and resurrect her. Fine, but Matt and Karen, don't end it there. <laughs> what? No, Senda, Senda just turned into a werewolf. Fuck, I can't wait. You know she turned me into a werewolf. She did. <laughs> Apparently, Charlie and Deborah filmed the whole scene with Karen's reaction, etc. How the fuck are we meant to wait 18 months? Till the defenders before we know what happened. <laughs> I'll say goodbye as I doubt I'll be back with feedback for Luke Cage. Why not? Aww. I'll watch, of course, but from what we've already seen, Mike Coulter will be amazing and the political subtext could be awesome. Iron Fist, not so much. Quite Whoa, a part. Rebecca, wait, wait, hold Whoa, Rebecca back. Hold Rebecca um, back. Uh, hold her back. No, everyone's entitled to their opinion. <laughs> okay. Uh, quite a part. Yeah, you can. What? <laughs> so if you want to curse her out, you can. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I'm giving you some space here. Go ahead. No, I'm not, no. <laughs> I don't know what to say about this. As Claire knows, I was a big advocate for an Asian American Iron Fist. So um, I get why there are issues with him. I get why he's problematic, but he is also someone I love. So, um, and the same with Luke Cage. So. Like you know, I'm I'm after all the crap that's gone on the internet about comics. You know, everyone choose what they do, what they want. Yeah. Well, let's see what Sedna has to say about this. Yeah. So Iron Fist, not so much. Quite apart from the whitewashing and dubious co-opting of e Asian mysticism that Daredevil doesn't get away with either. He looks like the most annoying trustafarian backpacking hippie that ever wore Birkenstock. Oh. Is that his thing? 
It doesn't do it for me. I'm so fucking obsessed with Matt Murdock, I could write a thesis <laughs> about why I find him so compelling. But I ser- sincerely doubt if anyone wants to read that. <laughs> well, there, trust me, there are people out there that will read it. Trust yes. me. <laughs> trust me, said that. Yes. <laughs> I expect I will harbor this se- absurd secret crush forever. Uh, please accept a massive bucket of gratitude as it... <laughs> Thank you. As it really has helped <laughs> to have you guys to unload onto. I can't quite believe you use. Wait. I can't quite believe you use them at all, to be honest. As for me, voicemailing, you really don't want to hear me lisping and yoying my way through this idiotic <laughs> and hysterical ranting. So I'd like to give a particularly huge hug to Mel for being lumbered with my bullshit and Britishisms and conveying them so hilariously. <laughs> I try, man. I try. <laughs> <laughs> Loads of love to you all. Signing off, Sedna. Well, thanks, Sedna. Oh, we don't care if you that. lisp or anything. Like it's not a big deal. <laughs> oh, thanks, Sedna. Awesome. Um, Robin, I have forwarded a voicemail to you. Oh, from Moira Brown. Well, this is it, guys. Last episode finale feedback. No sniff. Alright, I thought I would break this down by character. So, starting with Electra, I have to eat my words because I have been dissing this character and saying I don't get the relationship between her and Rat. And I think finally, now finally, I get it because the scene in the stairwell when they're trapped by the roof um, pretty much lays it out for us. Electra gets Matt in a way that nobody else does and... He has that need in him to be Daredevil, to do these superhero things that he does, um, to unleash his inner devil, so to speak. And she gets that. So, so okay, I, I will buy into their bond. And I was actually sad when she died. I really was. Um, however, later on, we see her in that sarcophagus thingy. And I'm a little nervous because, all right, she tapped into her goodness. She chose her own route, but her own path, I mean. But uh, when she is resurrected, as she obviously will be, will she come back as good or evil? I guess we have to wait for season three to find out. (laughs) Okay, Stick. We really didn't think that taping his wrist was going to hold him, did we? Uh, So I love that he showed up when he did post-fight scene, and I love the line that he says to Nobu, and I won't quote it because I thought it was quite quotable, and one of you might wish to use that as your quote this week. I never get tired of Frank calling Matt Red. It's the best. (laughs) I love it. Shows up just in time to pick off the opposition, and I notice that Matt seems a lot more comfortable with both Electra and Frank killing people as need be, uh, you know, as the situation arises. And I think that's probably much more realistic of him. And he got his cool his cool vest. We could see him spray painting it. I'm sure you were all doing happy jigs of delight when that <laughs> happened. Um, and not exactly subtle symbolism burning down his house. The past is in the past. He's going forward literally with a vengeance. But as portrayed by John Bernthal, I really like Frank. Foggy! Okay, despite Robin's, uh, you know, assertions to the contrary, everybody else 
thinks he's a hot damn lawyer. Hogarth, <laughs> 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 oh, yay! Which means, you know, we're going to get to maybe see uh, Foggy hanging out with Marcy a bit next year and crossing paths with Jessica Jones and maybe Luke Cage and who knows who else. So wouldn't that be cool if Foggy shows up in the Defenders um, episodes once that starts to shoot? That'd be really neat. But anyway, I'm, I'm happy in general that Foggy landed on his feet. And I'm glad that he and Karen have stayed on good terms. That's a positive thing, too. I think Foggy kind of turned into a grown-up during the course of season two. Agreed. And Matt. Matt has a heck of a journey uh, emotionally. He, I think he does finally get it that, you know, he, he can't be cut off from people. He says as much to stick. And so I think it will be interesting to see uh, what overtures he might make toward Foggy in the future. Um, and I think it was really interesting that he ended up approaching Karen. When she's doing that voiceover, uh, I actually thought it was pretty effective because, you know, maybe a bit hokey, the actual words of it, but what I thought was effective <laughs> is that she's doing her voiceover, we see him walking with his cane, and we really don't have any idea where he's going, and I didn't see it coming that she was going to be waiting for him at the office, so I like that because it surprised me. But that final scene, when... He pulls out the daredevil mask and shows it to her finally. Uh, the look on her face was so interesting because you could see that there were emotions flickering across her features and you couldn't really tell whether she was going to be relieved and delighted because now it made sense, all of his crazy behavior all this time, or whether she might actually be pissed with him for having kept it hidden. Or maybe, probably, a little bit of both. but. I love the actress. I just love what she can do with with a look. Um, that, and she's luminescent in that scene. The lighting on her is amazing. She's just, she's so beautiful, but I just find her in this particular episode especially so. And maybe that's just me, I don't know, but she just looks lovely in every shot in this episode. And as for Matt, the other thing that I thought was awesome is he gets his brand new billy club, and I knew this was going to make Claire so happy because <laughs> now he gets to swing from buildings. So uh, no more that parkour. He just gets to you know, swing wherever he wants to go. So that's an awesome thing, too. So, all right, to sum up, this season left me wanting more. I, The very beginning, you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to like the Punisher. I didn't know if I liked where things were going. And it just won me over completely. And now I'm just eager to see how the Defenders all come together and to meet Iron Fist and find out about that character, since, as everyone knows, I know nothing about this universe. Uh, it's all new to me. Um, and don't forget, meanwhile, meanwhile, Fisk the Kingpin is still languishing in prison and plotting his revenge on Foggy and Matt. And that yeah. is a scary, scary thought. All right, so uh, this week I thought, instead of making you guys do my gardening with me, I was going to take you on a cycle. I'm cycling 25 kilometers to Gananoque, and we're going to go for coffee and um, or tea or, you know, whatever beverage you like, and a nice croissant, perhaps, or a butter tart, some sort of pastry, a little patisserie, uh, and then we will cycle back, and it'll be fun. It'll be great. Nice breeze in your hair. It's going to be fun. So everybody strap in and get ready. That's where we're going. All, All right. right. Until next time, <laughs> next season, bye for now. <laughs> Thanks, Moira. Sounds like fun. Thanks, Moira. I like that we got to be cycling around with Moira in Canada, and like when um, 
when I chatted with um, Michaela Burnett, I was like strolling around the park with him. I like this, <laughs> having like <laughs> feedback and stuff of wandering around random places. It's cool. Thank you, Moira. Also, Moira's voice is so relaxing. Mm. Awesome. That was our feedback for the week. Um, I want to say again, thank you so much to everyone who sent in feedback for this season. Uh, as well as past seasons, we really appreciate hearing from you guys. We love hearing from you. So do keep it up when we do Luke Cage. Um, and more on that in a minute. So let's get to scoring this episode. Um, Rebecca, you are our super duper special guest. And you can go first. <laughs> um, I give it 7.5. Mm-hmm. I liked it, but I didn't love it. 7.5 Iron Fists? 7.5 bullet holes in Luke Cage's shirt. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> they should just keep shooting him until his shirt falls off. That'd be great. <laughs> I'm sure that'll happen. <laughs> uh, awesome. Robin? Um, yeah, I uh, I dug the finale. Um, there were some issues, but uh, since my scores usually don't really matter in the big scheme of things... I'll say 10 out of 10, Daredevil rules. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Mel. Why? why? I thought this episode was good in that it kind of held some promise for like future uh, storylines, I guess. It kind of got me a little bit excited, I guess, for everybody to kind of get together. Like, because when the Punisher showed up to help Daredevil, I was like, "Ah, oh, that's kind of exciting!" Like them working together, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so well, you give it a nine. Being awesome as well, Matt, Obviously, what you got to see Foggy being awesome? No, that that was really shitty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't need to hear them complain about Josie's bar again. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 uh, useless ninjas. Matt? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I liked it. The action was good. Um, the only thing I didn't really like is how separated all three of our heroes were. They barely had any interactions I thought they tied it all in quite nicely, though. Like, the, mm. the, the flow of the episode was quite nice, I thought. Mm. You think about it, they jumped from story to story. I know, but we, en- well. we ended in... I guess Karen and Foggy are kind of, kind of still together, but... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like they're falling apart, and they've barely had time to be together in the first place. Um, Matt, I kind, of, I kind of agree, Matt. Mm. You're complaining about this like they're complaining about Josie's bar. <laughs> <laughs> You complain about this every time. I know. I just <laughs> it feels like they they move things too fast in these movies and stuff. Like, I know. It's There's like no character building. Really. It's like it's like well, it's like the Avengers. You get one movie and then uh, or and then or two movies and then we might think about replacing some of them with new newer versions of. Uh, I don't know. It's just because the comics things last for years and years and yeah. hundred issues and things. It just feels like the stories move along to like to get to the part where like everybody's beaten down like too quickly. I don't know. Um, There's no time to get to know people, really. Yeah, that too. Uh, but overall, I liked it. I'll give it eight out of ten. Vanishing Ninja Troops because those guys totally like half of them disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> they just they saw Matt and Electra and went, oh, we don't want to fight this. Uh, bye. Yeah. Run away. 
Um, yeah, I like this episode. I I feel like it it rushed quite a bit of stuff. Like I I feel like the end fight was felt quite rushed to me. Um, I wish there'd been more stuff between Fot Foggy Matt and Karen. What? Apparently their their shipper name according to my brain. Um, Foggy Matt and Karen. Um, because we obviously got that that nice moment at the end of last season where it's it's them establishing uh, Nelson and Murdoch. But I don't know. It, I, I like bits of it, like this this one. I like that it is kind of an origin story for Frank, and that's sort of finished. Um, so I'm going to give it. Uh, I'll give it an eight out of ten. Beaten up Brett's. Poor Brett. Poor Brett's mom. Poor Brett's mom. Brett. <laughs> Brett. I hope she got home safe. Not that we All saw. Right. That that gives uh, this episode the score of 8.5, um, which gives Daredevil Season 2 an overall score of 7.9. Ooh. Not as strong as Season uh, 1, then. Season 1 was 8.1. Oh, so it's still quite Jones, close. by the way, was 8.3. Ah, very cool. Mm. Um... Uh, okay, so so we like season two less than season one, which I think would make sense. It usually seems to be the case with most shows, mm-hmm. apart from the X Files. <laughs> yeah. um, season two is awesome. when <laughs> Fluky shows up. Fluky, the love of my life. Um, so now it is time to thank our lovely, lovely, lovely guest Rebecca. Thank you, lovely Rebecca, for closing season two with us. Um, and where can people find you on the internet, apart from having many conversations with uh, Defenders Pod on Twitter? Yeah, pretty much on Twitter, as uh, Arbitrary Genius. Um, I'm not really anywhere else currently at the moment. Uh, I know it seems like a silly question. Will you be uh, joining us for Luke Cage? I would be very happy to join you. <laughs> Seeing as you are the resident Luke Cage expert, I, we would be very happy to have you join us. I promise not to whine about changes from comics or anything like that. (laughs) Uh, Awesome. And um, lovely co-host, do you have anything you would like to particularly plug this week that you've been doing Um, (laughs) with (laughs) podcast-wise? We don't want to wait. Dawson's Creek podcast is going on strong. (laughs) We're mid-season four. And, uh, oh boy, the superhero origins and the big bads being taken down every week are amazing. The origins of uh, Pacey. Yeah. Andy Griffith actually stopped by the latest episode I watched. It was what? pretty good. Yeah. I never knew that happened. He played a wise old man, just in case. Uh, <laughs> An unnamed wise old man. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we've got, I haven't got anything to promote this week. We do have a couple of announcements, however, about the podcast. One is that um, Luke Cage obviously is starting in September, the, uh, September 30th. So I will be posting tomorrow, um, uh, posting this time next week, I should say, the time we usually record, which is a Sunday evening, um, to on the Facebook group and Twitter to um, to announce that we will be taking um, guest spot requests. So if you would like a guest spot for Luke Cage, please answer that um that post or send us a private message via Twitter or Facebook and we'll sign you up. Um, even if we do run out of spots, we will have a reserve list, which does work. So, you know, don't, don't worry too much. Um, so we'll be doing that. We don't know, um, if we will be covering the alias comics before, uh, we get to Luke Cage or not. That's something we will discuss. We didn't have time between Jessica Jones and Daredevil season two, but we'll see what happens. 
this summer. Um, and that's the announcements from me. But Robin, you have an announcement as well. I'm handing over to you. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's just quick. Uh, uh, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna be stepping down from the podcast, not because I'm like. <laughs> pissed off at the the show or anything like that uh it's just basically uh family stuff we we can only record on weekends because uh uh claire lives in the uk and you know recording weeknights eastern time is like middle of the night claire time so that's when i'm out playing uh, crime i can't be podcasting exactly <laughs> yes uh so i thought it was best if i just stepped down and i'll probably guess once uh uh next season uh, for Luke Cage, and I really look forward to that. I'm going to really miss you guys. Um, and uh, um, this has been awesome. I've had so much fun talking about Daredevil and Jessica Jones, and I look forward to guesting and hanging out. Yeah. So, just can't do it on a regular basis, unfortunately. <laughs> so. I just need to move to New York, pretty much. Yes! Yeah. Let's all move to Hell's Kitchen. I'm going to move there for research for the podcast, pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm that dedicated. Or I'll just move in with Matt and Mel. <laughs> Do it. We've got the room. <laughs> I'll be your child. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, honestly, thank you, Robin, for, like, posting the episodes every week and doing all the, the stuff for posting the um, descriptions on the the website, on the WordPress. I am terrible at writing descriptions, so I really appreciate it. I would just be like, uh, it's an episode and we talk and stuff. Yeah. Yes, sorry um, everybody. The, the humor in the episode descriptions, like when when we when somebody when somebody wrote Matt and Matt and Electra talk to the hand, uh, that was definitely me. Yeah, um, if you hadn't guessed, so that quality is going to deteriorate. <laughs> what what we're saying is that that we're me, Matt, and Mel are going to really have to step up with the puns uh, going ahead. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna make sure we take good care of your puns, Robin. <laughs> gonna water Take them and good care. Them. We're gonna put them on a little farm. <laughs> yeah, run I'm happily. Gonna, I'm gonna drive a few kilometers and uh, <laughs> <laughs> See you later, <laughs> bye. I'm not gonna look in the rearview mirror as I drive away. Yeah. So I will try to get some feedback in, though. I I, I definitely miss talking with you guys. We so. will. Please do. Please send feedback. I'm gonna need that awesome. to your basin right now. Oh. <laughs> Take some a little, little bit of cash out of this, out of this sad moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So before we uh, let um, our guest Rebecca take us out with an Excelsior, I'd like to say thank you again to the listeners for listening with us and sticking with us um, uh, in this third season that we've covered. We really appreciate you guys listening. We love hearing from you, as I've said. Um, please feel free to leave reviews on iTunes. That always helps. And we love the interaction we get as well on Facebook so and Twitter. So please keep that up. It's always fun hearing from you guys. And with that, uh, and we'll be talking to you soon. Um, sooner than you may think, because there might be some little bonus episodes before Luke Cage. That's all I say for the moment. Um, but with that, I'm going to put the pressure on Rebecca to take us out with an Excelsior, Rebecca, please. Oh, no. Excelsior! <laughs> I got a, I got another one for us. Close this out, Josie. We're done here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at defenderspod. 
Defenders podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported international license. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!